Welcome back to the Chris Massey Show. Today's guest, we have a very talented young man, author, poet, entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Kofensi Boo. Man, thank you for having me, man. How things going in your world? Uh, everything's going great, man. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Blessed. Uh, it's always great to hear, man. Uh, we finally got a chance to get it done. I'm excited about this one. Yes, sir. Um, I understand you're a very busy man. Uh, congratulations with the release of your book. Is this your first one? This is actually the first one underneath my own imprint. So uh, my imprint is Streetlight Dreams uh, Publishing Company. So first one. Um, second one is getting ready to drop in the next month and a half. So I'm just pushing forward, man. Just pushing forward. Nice, nice. Yeah, man. I know you stay busy. Um, so this one is... Um, Miles Traveled Down Love's Highway. Yes, sir. Um, dope title to start with. And so what inspired you to release this one uh, first? Because I know you have like a, a collection that you're doing. Not a collection, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, so my my back story is I am relate more with being an essayist where 1,500 to 3,500 words, whatever um, the title could be, uh, just writing to that title. So I wanted to put a book out, a collection of work, got ready to release the collection of work and start talking to publishing companies, uh, publishing houses, editors, everything. And next thing you know, they said, we love the project. We love where you're going. Uh, but every piece that we see is derived around love. And we think that you need to start in the love category first. Right, right. Which was a big change for me. I really wanted to write the inner stories of the city of Detroit um, and, you know, some of the uh, down home Alabama stories and Southern stories that I'm used to, but uh, when they gave me a pitch and it made sense, you know, I sat there and I listened to them, and from there it was okay. Well, I'm gonna give you my body of work. Let's see what we can come up with, and got one of the best editors in the game, Miss um, Tanisha Johnson, um, and she she helped me mold this book. Um, so already pre pre written stuff, but you know when we started putting it in the line it became a story on its own mm -hmm. so starts you off in the beginning of a relationship when you first meeting a woman um all the way to loving her to lusting her to everything i mean all the way to a woman's intuition when a man is cheating to a man trying to figure out if the woman is the right woman for him to next thing you know they at that breakup they break up, they get back together. Mm -hmm. The wondering phase, is this the right move for me? Everything is wrapped up in this book, in this first book. Yeah, man. That's you definitely got the subject matter because you know it's like I'm I'm sure that's obviously everybody's always interested in relationships. Yeah. And when you could properly uh deliver that, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. put the yours is unique because, you know, poetry. Yeah. You know, so did you always know that you want to be a poet? Uh, prof as a profession or was it like a like a hobby growing up it was actually punishment man my mother was an English teacher so true for the matter was uh, every time I would get in trouble my mother would make me read my books which she put me in Catholic school in my latter uh, earlier parts and then she had turned around and since she was with DPS at Detroit Public Schools she would make me read the Detroit Public Schools portion and make me write um, a book um uh, uh, what is the thing called? <laughs> I forgot. Uh, made me write an essay to to what I read, and it, it just became um, a hobby. So one day I sat there and I was reading something, and 
she asked me for my report and next thing you know I didn't have it I had wrote my own story um, and it started from there so I just started daydreaming in the back of classrooms man in the middle of class and every class was an hour so I listened to the teacher for about an hour about 15 minutes of the hour and the next 45 I'm writing so a lot of my nice. close friends can uh, attest that they covered me up in class while I was uh, scribbling in a notepad <laughs> for the last 20 years. <laughs> oh, that's dope, man. And uh, you told me an interesting story a while back. Uh, you said um, one of your teachers uh, pre predicted yes. that you would be a yes. professional author. Yeah, so my mother always said, you know, she wanted me to have uh, put a book out, and that was, uh, that was funny. Um, first time I got published, I was 12 years old. So one of the teachers saw that, went to the Michigan Chronicle, um, submitted it, and it got published. So that was the first time I was published. Um, but when I got to King, I really just kind of put writing on the back burner. And um, one of my English teachers was talking to another English teacher who never had me as a student. And they were getting ready for a writing convention. And she got hold of my work. And... Next thing you know, she begged me to get up and uh, recite it in front of an audience of people. It was just too many people at that point for <laughs> me, man. So I, I, I happily declined. Um, but uh, two things happened, man. She wrote in the back of my yearbook that your first book would be a book of love poems. And it kind of haunted me for the next, uh, let's say, 18 years, per se. And uh, from there... You know, as soon as I got the book together, I turned around and went straight to her house. Uh, one of my other English teachers gave me her phone number, went straight to her house, and she told me, she said she didn't want to see me till I had the book, handed her the book. Mm. She just started crying, you know, because <laughs> she knew she knew exactly what it was when she seen the title. You can't you can't run run away from miles traveled down love's highway. So she knew it was a book of love. So and I told her, I said, you know, you. You, you spoke over it, and here you go, first book. And I tried <laughs> yeah. to run from it. <laughs> yeah, man. And I'm glad you uh, you actually went through with it because, like you said, that's interesting the way you phrased it. Like you said it was always in the back of your mind. Yeah. You know, so many people, they know what they're supposed to be doing, but for some reason don't do it. Yes. And they try, like... Some things are inevitable. Yeah. You know, it's like you could try all you want, but you're going to end up right back here. Yeah. So, yeah, because you was a, an athlete as well, right? Yeah, so I played basketball in high school and in college. Uh, uh, like I said, I went to uh, Martin Luther King for high school, and um, I went to Tuskegee University for undergrad. So I played basketball down there. Um, so I know what work ethic is. But when it came to writing, writing became so easy, you know, it, it, it almost became scary because you, you don't want to release that portion of you because you don't know what people are going to think about you. Mm -hmm. um, you. For me, it felt like it wasn't a hobby, but I didn't want people to think that this was a hobby. I mean, I had years of experience, uh, years of writing, being molded, my mother teaching me, English teachers taking that time, showing me how to craft a... Uh, prepositions together, conjunctions together, where to put your semicolon, how to really enunciate, um, orotative skills, everything. Like, I really listen in that aspect. And next thing you know, you you get to this point, and all you have to do is just jump off the cliff. Mm -hmm. And that's where it becomes this. Some people call it scary. Some people say it's fear. But that's the part where you open yourself up. Mm -hmm. You you never know. And I'm pretty sure it's the same with you, with your 
radio show. As soon as you did your first one, people said, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why did you do this? <laughs> right. It becomes a question. Instead of sitting behind you and, and clapping as they pushing you forward to jump off the cliff, they standing next to you trying to pull you back off. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, once it once this book started moving, it just became refreshing. So I didn't want to bury this this gift or this talent. I just wanted to get it out to the masses. Yeah, that's dope, man, because uh, I know the feeling, man. It's like that's how I know uh, you might relate to it too i tell myself often that's how you know when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing because it just feels right it's like a inexplicable feeling that only if you experience it you will know what we're talking about because like you could have a great time doing a lot of things Mm -hmm. or you could even be successful in a lot of things but you know yeah this is it like this is what i'm sent here to do yeah I, uh, I was reading something the other day, and it, it took me somewhere. Um, so what I did was, like on my Instagram, I put up on a post. I said, I'm listening to my audience, um, which I my my following has just got so huge that I'm sitting back like, I can't even believe it. <laughs> so I asked the audience, you give me a subject and I'll write to it, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't really indulge in that because they want to sit there and they want to write for days and days and then post something. Well, if you turn around and tell me my subject is on love or romance or the inner city and I give it back to you within 30 minutes mm-hmm. or an hour from the time you put put it up as your subject to back, that's when I want to show people that this was a true gift. Like right. this is let let me show you like how I put the spin on what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. And when people tell me you pulled the words right out my right out my head, I'm like, oh, I put my spin on it. But. <laughs> You know, you start realizing that you're becoming more of a blessing for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You, you, you fulfilling what you need to be here on life to, you know, on this life to do. But you're actually fulfilling a moment for these people, and that's what it all boils down to, man. When they sit and listen to your radio, you're fulfilling that moment for them. They want to have quality interviews. They want to hear uh, from certain people, and you're fulfilling that moment. So that's exactly what I'm doing as well. Right. Yeah, man, you just reminded me. Um, we was just talking briefly about that one year, my sophomore year of college when I went to Howard. And uh, you just reminded me of something. I heard Dr. Uh, Cornell West speak, and he said a simple question. Yeah, man, dope guy. <laughs> uh, if he's listening. <laughs> you know, Actually, uh, one of my boys is one of his students in a seminary school at NYU. That's what's up. So I was like, I'm, a, you know, I'm putting it out there, you know. <laughs> well, if he listening, tell him to come on, man. I, uh, I remember my my teacher at Tuskegee gave me his book as soon as I as soon as I touched down in her class and it wasn't even required reading. It was just something that she made us do. Mm-hmm. And um, that was uh, Dr. Megan Fields. I think she's at Fort Valley State right now. So mm-hmm. when she gave me that book, that actually changed my perception of where we're in this generation so um, mm-hmm. I, I love that guy like I, I really do definitely a jewel yeah because um, you reminded me of what he says uh, what is the quality of your service to others you know and exactly. that's how you also know that you're doing the right thing because it's not only fulfilling for you it's not a selfish thing it's not like I'm happy forget everybody mm-hmm. else it's like I'm happy expressing myself through this but I'm also contributing to somebody else's yeah. overall well-being so it's a symbiotic uh, relationship. Yeah, and that's that's something that I've, um, you know, just to, to piggyback on that, that's something that I did when I started my own, uh, my own publishing company. One, I was writing for magazines and a couple of other places, 
and I start looking at how they were moving. And I always hear rappers say that they don't have their publishing rights. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to put out a body of work and I didn't have my publishing rights. I couldn't control how it was marketed, how people saw me, my image, things of that nature. So understanding business, you know, took a couple years, but you know, when it finally hit, it was perfect. And from there, I felt fulfilled when I started helping other authors um, mm -hmm. with, their, with their body of work and putting out books. Um, and it's just been amazing. You, I just helped a young lady um, in Canada. She's in uh, she's in Vancouver. I helped a young lady in uh, Berlin. Helped a young lady in Sydney, Australia. And then everybody local that's in the Detroit area, down in the southern states. Couple people in Atlanta, um, Baltimore. Within a year, I probably helped or put my my stamp on twelve to fourteen books. Nice, just nice. to hone the consulting portion of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I may not be able to write twelve to fourteen books in a year, which I don't I don't have I don't have the time to do that. <laughs> but the fact that you can see somebody else um path in to get into the same position that I am, it's just amazing and fulfilling because you can take your heart heartaches and show them what not to do. And mm -hmm. then you can see how they're marketing and what's working for them and you can play around with it to you know, build your brand, and that's all this is. It's about building your brand and, and making sure that you, you know, control your destiny. Right, right. Yeah, man, it's uh, very admirable, man. It's dope because, you know, I love to read, and uh, it's interesting. Like you said, everybody got their skill set. Just like I'm a music fan and I love to read, but it's like when it comes to writing or producing, it's like... Uh, nah, I, I really respect the craft. Yeah. It's a real gift. <laughs> Understandable. You know, it's a real gift. Um, I remember we had a conversation a while back. Uh, you was talking about, I think the exact quote might have been, uh, Graffiti Saved Detroit or something like that. Graffiti Saved Detroit. So um, one thing that I love about being from Detroit um, is the different faces that it has. So I always tell people that Detroit is a world inside of a world. For us, we're always on the spotlight um, of America. So no matter what, who's the president, no matter what happens, it's always gonna be indulged. How is Detroit doing? How's the automotive uh, world doing? What's the next thing for Detroit to take off? Because for the last, let's say 40, 50 years, we knew it was going to be a decline, mm -hmm. but then the automotive world took that decline. Right. So now it's like a whole bunch of tech companies. It's a tech boom now. Mm -hmm. But being in the inner city, it's like, okay, everybody that worked in the plant now left. They took their buyouts. They, they ran out the city. Mm -hmm. Now you have a whole side of the city that's just square footage of raw land. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's funny how you're looking at it like this was my childhood and there's nothing there. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that was that used to be so-and-so's lot. But now it's just a lot of it's just a plot of land. Mm -hmm. And uh, you start looking up and graffiti started taking over and be instead of being a, a eyesore it became the bright light mm -hmm. you know you we have a parking structure downtown where they flew graffiti artists in mm -hmm. and on every level they have a new graffiti artist uh, from london from australia from all over from the west coast come in and they have tagged that and it became art right um so all through the city man um you you see it you got the smile brand uh where um uh, shout out to phil yep. and uh 
the uh, the Baltimore Gallery. He uh, he's down there just putting smiles on um, abandoned houses on the east side and all over the place. So we know what we have, and we're just trying to show the world like it it really is a unique place and. Graffiti saved it. Uh, as bad as people give that rep for graffiti and vandalizing property, it did what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It, it held up, and you know those historic buildings. Just a little bit of graffiti now still stands because nobody wanted to touch it because they liked the mural on the side of it. Right, right. Now the investors come in. Yeah, they take the graffiti off, but they never de- uh, demolish that building. It stays standing. <laughs> right, right. So that was the power of it. Yeah, that's interesting um, because I had a, a guest on my show who was an artist recently, uh, Sheafy McFly. Uh, shout out to him. He's super talented. And uh, he said in the interview, art is Detroit's greatest export right mm-hmm. now. And then <laughs> he broke it down. I was like, just like you said, I'm like, and that's what actually is interesting the timing because... I thought about what you had said when he was telling me that, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. makes it, sense. It's, it's, it's very deep. I mean, you go back to the 1920s, man, and you 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 start listening to how the city of Detroit took their money and started buying Van Goghs and different um, paintings at the time where the artist was just taking off, and we took that with the pension money. Mm-hmm. So when Detroit went through bankruptcy, all you saw in front of the DIA uh, with signs that say sell to Van Gogh, keep my pension. <laughs> you know, and you think yeah. about you have a hundred year old painting that's worth, you know, not it doesn't even have a price tag on it because nobody ever thought that the collection would be able to be sold. Mm-hmm. So that's how deep art goes in the city. Right. You right. know, from the Victorian houses to the historic districts. I mean, mm-hmm. everything about Detroit is artsy. So you gotta love it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm doing what I love, and, like, it goes back to what we talked about. I let people know. Um, some people say, how do you know that you're doing the right thing? And from my personal experience, uh, you might be able to relate to it, is that when you're doing what you love and you're doing it, you take that pride in it and you're doing it well, it will put you in situations that you never would have dreamed about. Like, it takes you to places that you know if it wasn't for this thing, you would never be in this circle. Yes. You would never have, like, you know, like certain experiences that like, it just keeps, it's ever expanding. Yeah, I get I get a phone call, you know, you, you phone rings and somebody say, hey, can you do a spoken word? And I'm like, sure, no problem. And you just like, you're just in awe that somebody just even relates to you in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes me into different areas and different avenues and do custom pieces. So whatever the event may be, I'm tailoring the words to that event. So that's that's perfect. And then, you know, next thing you know, you do something crazy where you like, I'm tired of wearing somebody else's brand. So I'm going to put mm-hmm. my, my company name on a T-shirt. Then that T-shirt is seen, and they love your logo. Now that logo is on somebody else's back or <laughs> right. or on their chest, and somebody else sees it. Now you become a mogul because you have, for me, a publishing company, a clothing line. Now I have a consulting firm. Mm-hmm. It's and all I'm doing is writing. You, <laughs> right. you, that that's all I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a .5 millimeter pen and a legal pad. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts at. But they say that if you're not in sales, then you, you, you're you not living life. So when I'm sitting there writing these words, I'm selling a portion of my soul. Mm-hmm. 
to the to the reader. Right. And then from there they feel connected. And then when they feel connected, they want to connect with whatever else is is wrapped into that. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps growing. Right. And if you keep positioning yourself in the right in the right places, I mean, it's no telling where that door when it opens where it leads to. Mm -hmm. But you just got to keep following it. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it because when you're doing it like, like when you're following your passion it never ends like it's like it's something it's always something new like you can't even imagine like you can't guess what's next yeah you be like i thought i was doing well but oh this is opportunities keep presenting themselves yeah. and your world just it's it'd be like i like to compare it i feel like my journey is like a play button like it's a steady progression exactly you know what i'm saying it's just like you don't know what's next but you're excited and that's that a lot of entrepreneurs teach uh, find the comfort in discomfort. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people are afraid to get out there, but it's not going to hurt you. It's that good nervous feeling. Yeah. Like, you know when something is wrong, but you also know that good nervous feeling. Like, yeah. I don't know what's ahead, but I know it's going to be dope. Yeah, I mean, and that, especially when you come to entrepreneurs that's trendsetters and and some entrepreneurs don't even know that they're trendsetters they're just doing what they know how to do mm -hmm. and it may be a blind journey but it's a journey that they're willing to take and you know it could be four or five authors in a room but how do you convey what you have in your book compared to the next person mm -hmm. how do you present yourself how it's so many different angles and when it really when it really when you're seen as a, a as a value to to people i mean that's when things just you know, just it, it has no words for it it mm -hmm. just becomes unexplainable um it's humbling you know you give glory to i give glory to god all the time and mm -hmm. you know you sit back and you just say wow where are you taking me because because <laughs> some people think you made it and you're still sitting there like i still have to grind <laughs> right right and they're like well you're doing good like doing good isn't doing great mm -hmm. And doing great isn't the ultimate fulfillment. So I'm just still trying to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, we be talking about that a lot. Like I tell people as a human being, I like the concept of, uh, I, like, I like the perfectionist mentality because mm -hmm. as a human being, it's not possible to be perfect, literally. And so, but by striving for perfection, you will be excellent because exactly. you know it's not going to be perfect, but you the fact that you got that mentality, you're going to keep uh shooting shooting for the stars <laughs> exactly. but and it's funny because you know when you say perfection a lot of people you know they 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 look at you crazy because nobody should ever want perfection but when it comes to my book for so many so many years i mean my book was edited for a year and a half before i even released it and my editor she goes we get into it and she's <laughs> like what are you taking what's taking so long and i never forget i ran across one another um another author and she literally told me um completion is the best perfection nice, nice. and when yeah. you're shooting for perfection you also got to know when to say that's it for the for a project because if you if you're slating three and four projects and you know that this isn't your end all be all mm -hmm. then if that is completed then that's the best perfection give it to the masses see the reception of it and mm -hmm. then from there you can grow from the critiques mm -hmm. and that's what I love um, I put posts up almost every day and I just love to see people critiques and they tell me um, good bad or indifferent and that's you know when you when you're relatable that's that's what 
you know, really becomes, you know, glorified. Like they, they, they see where I'm going and they're right, walking right. with me on this journey. May not ever meet them in life, you <laughs> right, know, because right, of yeah. social media the way it is now, but they relate to me and they, they, they become those internet friends that give you what you need to keep pushing. Mm -hmm. And that's a great point. Uh, you mentioned social media. It's, it's very humbling. I know you've dealt with it because you have fans. And it's interesting to actually, it's very humbling because you like, I, I got fans? Like, <laughs> like, did you ever grow up thinking like you have fans one day? It, it's, it's like, it's, a, uh, it's, it's different. <laughs> it's different, man. You know, especially yeah. like playing playing sports. You know, you, you understand that you're going to have people in the stands that's going to watch you and you kind of zone them out. You don't see them, mm -hmm. you know. So I remember playing, uh, playing for a city championship, actually the semifinals, and I could hear no voice at all, not even my coach on the sideline, but I could hear my AAU coach yelling at me. <laughs> and he was like five rows back. And it's just like, how do I hear that one voice? Right, right. But, you know, if it's the person that pushes you, you know, and it could be you could have – 10,000 followers but if you know if it's your mother it's your girlfriend it's your wife you know boyfriend whatever it may be if you know that one voice that pushes you I mean that's when it becomes one of those things like I, I see the fans I love them I'm giving them what they right. want but will they tell me when it's not as good as it needs to be and yeah. from then they may just walk away if it's not as good but I need that voice to mm -hmm. tell me and it, it can come from a multitude that voice tells me like that looks good, especially book covers and things of that nature. That's your first, uh, when you pick it up, that's your first reception of me. So if the book cover isn't right, I love my book cover, but I can't stand it either. It wasn't the first <laughs> book cover. It wasn't the one that I wanted. Right, right. But when you beta test stuff, you turn around and say, okay, I lost. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's the way it goes. You, you sit there with 25, 30 people, and they all pick this one book cover, and you're the only, it's two people <laughs> that love the one that you love. It's all right, I can concede. Right, and right. the reception has been amazing for this book cover and the upcoming book cover. So the the people that don't know me, that would be their first introduction to me. So you have to make sure it's good. Same thing with you. You have your clothing line. So first thing they see is your clothing line on you at all times. And I love that about you. Yeah, so that's something that, you know, stands out. What does that represent? And mm -hmm. you go straight into what it represents. And that's your why and why you do this. You 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 want to infect you want to affect people and that's where the the motto of your clothing line comes in and you can tell people mm -hmm. you know mind the street like dreams i love i love what it what it what it encompasses and from that man i, I tell people like everybody that i know had to go in the house when the street lights came on or <laughs> right, underneath right. the street lamp somebody hustled being from detroit the temptation harmonized underneath the street lamps <laughs> right. so the street lights in detroit is different because it became a bravado and so that's how i named my company <laughs> that's dope and that's the thing is that's the beauty of it you know it's uh it's always a great feeling when you could take pride in something. You know, you don't want to be like, "Why are you doing that?" Like, I don't know. You know, just, you, <laughs> you you take pride in it. It's, yeah. it. It feels great. That's what I learned from business and in life in general. Honestly, is this journey as entrepreneurs that at the end of the day, people want to feel like they could. They want to feel they want to be a part of something that they could take pride in. Yeah. And that's what like the things that we're doing is like I said, it's very humbling and a, a great feeling because. That's how you know you're doing what you're supposed to because you're doing it naturally. You love mm -hmm. it. It's fulfilling to you. But you you creating something that people 
gravitate to and it's like that encourage you encourages you to be your best because you like if i'm putting this out yo my name you know, you, have, you have a sense of uh you know you have a sense like a sense of pride yeah in a good mean, way i mean well, i don't know if you remember the one time we were sitting there breaking bread man having uh uh talking over some food and um the gentleman walked up and he said you know what does your shirt represent and he was like well this is my company <laughs> and i and he looked at me and i'm like well this is my company You're right and it's <laughs> just we we laughed because after he walked away you know it was funny you got two young black successful uh, entrepreneurs that's just sitting there and they're like, I got my brand, you got your brand, you got your company, I got my company, yeah. and nobody can take that from us. Exactly. And we're talking trademarks, we're talking <laughs> yeah. everything during that meeting, and it's just funny when everything became registered. You know, we're just sitting back like, hey, I gotta get you a shirt, you gotta, I gotta get you a <laughs> right, shirt. Right, and yeah. it's funny because you gotta wear your brand, I gotta wear mine, but then we turn around and flip flop at the mm -hmm. same time. So when you have your off day, you may have mine on. Well, what's that? I, I never seen you outside your brand. Oh, this is my boy stuff. I got yours on, this is my boy stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes the, the meeting of minds where we enjoy what the other person is uh, bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. uh, and it may be in your own accord, but look at this avenue. You know, you do recordings, you podcasting, interviewing, and it's been amazing. And I put a piece of work out into the universe, and now you're like, hey, we gotta get, I gotta get you on my show. Mm -hmm. So now this becomes a vessel uh, for me to get out to your population and then you get out to my population and then from there it just continues to grow mm -hmm. so and that's just from the brotherhood that we in the bond that we got over the last few years yeah and that's that's what it is like i tell people life and great business is actually simple people make it complicated exactly because like you said it's just like oh that's you well, i support it you know it's like why not help you're gonna you're gonna spend money and you're gonna do something so why not support your own first exactly and i'm not even talking about like racially only i'm talking about just like yeah if you know this person you care about this person if you if you got a choice i would go with the people i know yeah i mean it sounds simple yeah. in theory but yeah i tell everybody man like i i love my friends man i don't get to see them as much but it's funny how Facebook keeps us all connected, social media keeps us all connected. So when I released my book to the to to the masses, I released it on Facebook first. Mm -hmm. And it was just an amazing reception, man, to release your book at one moment. And then next thing you know, the next day you look up and you got 25 orders, then 50 orders, then 100 orders. And you're like, wait a minute, I wasn't <laughs> right. even prepared for this. But it's just, it shows you, you know, that people supported it. but. Mm -hmm. They also know the the path that I took. I gave away writings for free for a year. Mm -hmm. So I wanted people to know that I was able to um, hold their attention. And I gave it to them in snippets. So when they got the book, they were actually truly impressed when it became 31 short stories. Mm -hmm. Now you're sitting back and looking like, wow, this, 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 this little book packs a, a lot of a punch. And that's what I wanted. But I also wanted to leave them where they wanted more. Mm -hmm. And that's where anything, you know. Maybe it's just a shirt and it's a color, but I want another color in the same shirt. So <laughs> right, you right. got to give them, you got to give the people what they want, like Jalen Jalen Rose <laughs> says. <laughs> exactly. And um, before we wrap it up, uh, I forgot. Um, where can they get your book at? Uh, my book is actually on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Nobles. Uh, it's it's at every major um, distribution outlet that you can find online. Um, like her said, the name of the book is Miles Travel Down Love's Highway. Uh, that's out right now 
The second book, it will be called Stranded on Love's Highway, which is the sequel to the book. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also get it at kefensebooth.com, which is my first and last name. So it's K-E-F-E-N-T-S-E-B-O-O-T-H.com. Uh, and those, if you buy it offline, I autograph every book and put a note in there for everybody that purchases offline. I'm truly humbled that anybody would take out their time to read my words. So just love it. And uh, Streetlight Dreams, um, all one word, streetlightdreams.com. You can purchase it on there. And uh, thank you for my autographed copy. Uh, oh, man, it no was problem. actually inspirational. You know, it's like, it's always great. That's like I said, you're constantly reminded of that you're doing the right thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, the goal is to be inspiring, also be inspired. And so, you know, iron sharpens iron. So it's always, yes, you know, people like you remind me of the importance of uh, surrounding yourself around the right people because yeah. the energy, the positive energy feeds off yeah. each other and it's like we fuel each other. Yeah. So you never know when you're being an inspiration to somebody. Yeah. Um, what's the best way to people to stay in contact with you? I would honestly say my Instagram. My Instagram is linked up to every almost every social media, and it's uh, 23 Kefensi, so 23 K-E-F-E-N-T-S-E. -E. Um, that's pretty much the best way. Uh, my website, KefensiBooth.com as well, um, also keeps my writings um, in constant rotation, so that's that's another good way to, to link up and... Uh, my author page I literally have an author page on, on Facebook as well same name so um, and that will that will tell you any any new products that's coming out um, anything I'm working on or anywhere I'm performing dope man uh, keep up the great work and you as well uh, appreciate thank you and I appreciate you for taking your time out uh, definitely looking forward to having you back on um, and we appreciate everybody for tuning in to the Chris Massey show Everything is Chris Massey Show, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, um, SoundCloud, iTunes. Um, follow us on, you know, uh, show support. We, well, we appreciate the support. And uh, thanks to Dr. Ellingsworth representing the group Detroit City for this segment's instrumental. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram also at Ellingsworth, I-L-L-I-N-G-S-W-O-R-T-H. And a uh, special thanks to the official sponsor of the Chris Massey Show, the inspirational lifestyle brand, Legendary. Their motto is Believers Become Innovators, Innovators Become Legendary. You can follow them on Instagram also at LGNDRE and um, check out their website. They have some great things coming up for 2017. That's LGNDRE.com. And this song that we're about to get into, um, if you've been listening over the past couple weeks, I've been keeping this one in the rotation because the Flint water crisis is still going on. So, as a reminder, uh, one of my favorite songs from a very talented young man out of Detroit by the name of Knowledge. The song is actually called Flint Water. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter also at Knowledge Music. That's N-O-L-A-J Music. And um, we appreciate all the love and support. And thank you again, uh, Kefensi. Um, much success for you in the future. And I'm looking forward to working with you again. And thank you for having me. No problem. Peace. Flint water, Flint water. Here we go again. Another current event, another catastrophe. 
We change profile pics while they kill us off casually I find myself asking me, is it worth it? Rapping about what's happening but it's getting drowned out by trap music Now that I know better I find it hard for me to act stupid Flint water, faucet water, poison sons and daughters Life gets harder and harder, but what we gonna do about it? I'm really about that life, I'm just trying to see if you about it Flint, Michigan, I hope you listening This here is called Flint water This shit flint water Pray for you but I could've went harder Government trying to take us all out Black people gotta start getting smarter First off recognize we at war If you need knowledge then fuck with your boy One thing about it I don't know at all homie But I know Flint 45 minutes from Detroit Shit kinda close when you really think about it Turn the faucet on trying to get a drink about it Only thought going through my head is the lead Little boys and girls can't get up out the bed Shit so crazy, tighten up your shit dog Get your babies, get your ass the fuck up Don't be lazy, mama live on 8 mile but I ain't shady nah not a movie, nor is it Halloween, but the shit gets spooky Life just hit me out the blue, it's like nobody introduced me I was in Louisiana bumping Lil Boosie when it hit me Now I'm on the West Coast on the Nipsey No matter how much moving around I do I gotta go back home to my city, close to that Flint water That Flint water I'm trying to stick around and see my daughter have a daughter, dog. I'm talking granddaughter, dog. I'm blowing granddaddy perp Thinking about some old shit Like go your ass in the back of the bus So that water fountain ain't for us Bullshit, like I ain't the one to get blow with. I'm on some Kendrick and cold shit. Also, fuck my hair, fuck the club, and fuck these whole shit. Matter of fact, fuck my old bitch. Queens only, spiritual things only. Dreams only come true when you act on it. And since it's Black History Month, I said fuck it, might as well go ahead have a black moment. Yeah, power to the people, put your fist up. See the queen get the locks retwist up. See my dog twist up with him one time. Burn one with your dog while I'm in town. California sunshine in the wintertime. Down me the damn thing to a Flintstone. When you're running in the whip with the flow gone, backwood knock me back out the ozone. I know I'm. I'm a co-individual, these flows is vitamins and minerals I spit shit to wake niggas up and come together not to break niggas up No, you and I, T, Y is the only answer Fight from the inside out to kill cancer We self-heal, we ain't gotta go to the doctor Hold that money, watch what we spend in our dollars So much power in our dollars So much power in our soul Black people, we out cold Most of us don't even know Flint water Take, check. Yeah.